Hey guys, today on So What Else, we have Jonathan McComb. His is a story of loss and survival. Um, It's a heavy story. It's a sad story. Jonathan takes us through um, the details of the night where he lost his family and his journey to healing afterwards. It is an inspiring story of faith and strength. So stay tuned. All right. Hey, Jonathan, welcome to this episode of So What Else? Well, thank you. Um, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So you're down in Texas. I am down in Texas, way down in South Texas, uh, Corpus Christi, Texas. Been born and raised here uh, since 1978, except for a small stint away going to college um, out in West Texas. But, uh, you know, down here, down here in South Texas, about three hours north of the border. Oh, man. So you're down there. So I'm like North Jersey. So we live in basically different countries. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. (laughs) We definitely sound different. Do I have an accent to you? I'm sure. I think you have a little accent. There's not much. I mean, you might be able to fit in down here pretty well. Oh, okay. I take that as a compliment because people, you know, Jersey doesn't have like a great reputation around the country. People aren't like, oh, that's like a real like destination place to live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a good buddy who runs a big uh, scrap deal there in, in Jersey. And so oh, it's cool. from Corpus. So yeah, so we, I don't know exactly what town he's in, but uh, he enjoys it up there for sure. Oh, all right. Well, there we go. There you go. So I've actually never even been to Texas. I would love to go, but I am scared of like the bug situation. Like, I feel like you guys have tarantulas. There are tarantulas for sure. Um, tarantulas, bugs, snakes, Ugh. you know, a little bit of everything, but I mean, it also depends on the time of year and where you are. I mean, uh, there's no tarantulas at my house, uh, no snakes, uh, definitely mosquitoes after it rains, but, uh, you know, you yeah. kind of get used to it and deal with it. Yeah. Well, we have, that's the thing too, though. We have a ton of mosquitoes here too, cause it's so humid. So okay. it's kind of like, I guess, you could say we have like the worst of all the worlds in the sense that in the winter it gets like a lot of snow and totally freezing, but in the summer it's totally hot and humid and a lot of bugs. So maybe you could say it's the best in the sense that we get it all, but I don't know. I mean, at least in Texas, you guys don't like, do you get any snow down where you are? You know, uh, since I've been alive, we've had, I can recall two times that snow has, has stuck, um, back in, Oh five. Um, and it was, we got about and seven or nine inches and, uh, it was beautiful. I mean, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, all, all the boats in the Marina, all the houses, ocean drive. I mean, it was, it was gorgeous. You know, it's a huge mess as you know, oh, when, yeah. when it starts thawing out, but, uh, it was, it was cool for, and it was pretty awesome. We were in church. Um, I can remember Christmas Eve and, um, and we went in and there was no snow and uh, the preacher, when he was done our Christmas Eve service, he said, well, you know, I don't know if y'all prayed for a, a white Christmas, but be careful when you go outside. And it was just snow coming down. That's crazy. So we, had, so we had a beautiful, beautiful oh, Christmas sure. morning um, with snow. It was, it was incredible. Oh, that's gorgeous. That's like, that is like a Hallmark movie. You know, like the fact right. that you're down in South Texas and it's like, hey, Christmas Eve, we get snow when it sticks and it's beautiful. That's so nice. Yes, yes, yes. And then, and then also this last, uh, of course, the big, the big freeze we had, but then, um, yes. um and then, uh, what was it maybe three years ago that we had, uh, some more snow. So not, it doesn't happen too often. It doesn't yeah. happen too often at all. Oh, that's nuts. So I know you have a baby daughter. How old is she now? 
she is uh, 19 months, uh, Scarlet Grace. And uh, so she's she's a little spider monkey right now. As, oh, as anybody yeah. out there listening knows, it has a has a has a little one. So it's 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 fun. It's very fun. Oh yeah, my little one. Her middle name is Grace as well. She's Emerson Grace. Oh. Yeah, so she's oh, almost beautiful. three. Yeah, yeah. So she's almost okay. three. But it's fun, right? It's crazy. It is. It is. It is for sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh, that's amazing. All right. Well, listen. A few weeks ago. I came across your story. I heard you speak on another podcast and I heard your story start to finish. And obviously I was completely blown away by it. So I was like, I got to talk to this guy. So I just like (laughs) figured out your Instagram handle. I don't even really know how I did that. It must've been maybe linked in the show notes or something. And I reached out and you so graciously were like, yeah, like I'll come on and talk to you. So I am so jazzed to have you on here. Um, just to hear your story, your story is a really hard story. It's a heavy story, but it's really, really powerful. Um, so I would love for you to just kind of start at the beginning, you know, back in 2015, we're talking about, right? Yes, ma'am. So back in 2015, um, your wife and your kids and you went to Wimberley, Texas for the weekend, right? For like Memorial day. Correct. Correct. So it was, uh, <clears throat> so some good friends of ours um, invited us up there. They've invited us several times, Michelle and Randy Charba, and uh, and they have a son, Will, and her parents um, have the river house uh, on the Blanco River in Wimberley, Texas. And so they'd asked, like, like I said, many times. And and that weekend, Memorial Weekend, was actually uh, Laura and I's uh, 10-year anniversary. And um, and so we were supposed to be in, in Mexico with some friends uh, and food to meet them. So I said, you know, hey, instead of dumping the kids off. Let's, let's stay with them and, and go to the river and hang out. And I think it'd be fun. And, and so anyway, we chose to do that. Um, you know, and so it's, it's a beautiful place. It was the first time we'd ever been to Wimberley. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it was exciting and new and, and something fun to do is, you know, with, with, with the family and friends. And so, uh, we got there and, uh, Laura had gone up and she took all the kids up, um, that morning. And then I stuck around that afternoon, uh, to close up, our office and and whatnot. And so Randy rode up with me. Um, got there ten o'clock at night. Um, beautiful, and then uh, woke up the next morning and and we all went for a walk, uh, including all the dog the dogs and everything. And uh, anyway, the girls wanted to continue their walk, and so so Randy and I took the kids and the dogs back to the house um, and you know did pancakes and breakfast and 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 jumped in the river. And it was just, I mean, just a picture perfect bluebird day and, and blue skies and water was crystal clear. And so <clears throat> I can remember we, you know, I was down kind of downriver from them and they'd run up the property and jump on the tubes and float down and I'd push them back to the side. And it was just an endless cycle of they never lost energy. And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, they'd find a snake and they'd run off and play with a snake and, and, uh, just kind of kids being kids. And then, you know, all of us, we, we got our lawn chairs and sat in the river and did that deal and, and had, you know, barbecue cooking all day long with radio. And it was just a typical day, um, you know, for being on the river. And, uh, so, so there was nothing even remotely that we knew of that was going to take us that night, uh, take over us that night. And so, so, uh, later on in the afternoon, um, you know, you can see some dark clouds, you know, kind of gray clouds, nothing like dark, nothing, no thunder, lightning, rain. Um, later on, it would, 
it would rain a little bit and we'd see people going down the river and, and we'd be like, you know, Hey, if y'all want to get out of the rain, come over here, we're barbecuing, get out and come hang out. And they said, no, nah, we're, we're getting out down the river just, just in a little bit. And I said, okay. Well, anyways, um, I can remember Ralph telling us our trucks were down by the river and he said, Hey, let's move them up on higher ground just because, uh, you know, it, it is supposed to flood a little bit tonight and uh, the river might come out of the banks. And so, okay, no big deal. We moved everything up and, uh, and they're, they're probably 40 yards off the river, 50 yards off the river. Mm-hmm. And then their house is on stilts, um, another 15 feet off the ground. Okay. Um, and, and big, huge concrete stilts. Um, and so, and all the walls below like the garage are made to blow out. Um, if the, if okay. the river does come up that way, the pressure doesn't get built up. It just flows through and you lose your kayaks and lawnmowers and nothing special. Um, yeah. so anyways, everybody went to sleep and, uh, um, Randy and I stayed up uh, downstairs underneath and kind of just hanging out talking and, um, and we could hear this, we could hear water, we could hear, you know, the river flowing. And so we're watching it with flashlights and you can see that the water is moving a little quicker, but it's, it's still inside the banks and mm-hmm. super far away from the house. Um, and, but we, you can hear this just, it, it sounds like, I don't know what it is. We didn't know what the noise was. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so anyways, all of a sudden the, the, the river comes out of the bank and it starts getting closer to the house and, and, uh, it, it got into the garage. And so there's a ledge that they have built, um, that you put your kayaks on and the lawnmowers and stuff that you want to keep ice chests on that little ledge because it's never, ever been above that. And, mm-hmm. um, and they're not worried at all. So anyways, we do that and, um, and decide, you know what, you know, it's, it, it, it's kind of coming up faster than we ever even thought of or anticipated. And I've not, I'm not from there, never been there. Mm-hmm. Didn't know if this is a normal thing or, or not, but uh, right. we go in and said, you know, hey, wake everybody up. I think it's time that we get out of here. And uh, so, you know, Laura and Michelle and the kids and everybody comes down in their, in their pajamas and, and we we get them in the living room and, and we go out, you'll go outside. And at this point, the water is all the way around the house already. Ugh. And and uh, and so and it's probably six or eight foot deep. And so mm-hmm. I've. I said, well, let's get out of here. My truck's over here. I got a bunch of ropes in there and I can carabiner everybody out and just kind of make a, you know, sling back and forth and just slide them out like a, like a rope swing or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was trying to come up with anything. And yeah. I said, the only way, that, the only way I can get to the dry land is to get something on a tree limb right outside the a bedroom window. Mm-hmm. And so I went under the water, under the house and, oh. uh, and got a water hose, um, and drug that up there, broke a window out and uh and stood on an air conditioner unit that was up on stilts um to get out of the water and and i got the rope around the limb but uh i couldn't get the other side of it to grab it to tie off or do anything else right and so anyways um and and randy's holding on to my shorts um as i'm outside the house because mm-hmm. the water is now almost at the window ledge and wow. uh and, and how so, fast did that happen that it got up that high Oh man, probably 15 minutes. Um, oh my, 20, okay. I mean, very fast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyways, as soon as he pulls me back inside the house, something hit the air conditioner and, and there it goes. Oh. Um, and so now we're inside the house in the living room and we said, you know, we're going to make it, you know, and, he, and uh, so anyways, all of a sudden we feel this huge thud 
um, just bumps on the side, on the back side of the house. And, uh, we thought just for a second, you know, what was that? And before you can even get that thought out of your head, you realize that the house is now floating, um, in the river. Um, and so, so at that point, um, Randy and I have flashlights and we're looking, um, out the windows going down river, um, just so that we can see where we need to position everybody inside the house for what we're going to hit. And, uh, the first thing we hit, um, at this point, um, is the ranch road 12 bridge. And, uh, and it's, the water's already come up so high that we're in a house that is two stories. Mm-hmm. And, um, we hit the bridge so hard in between the pilings, but at the road height. And so it knocks off the entire second story. Um, and you know, there's glass and debris and sheetrock and two by fours coming down on everybody. Um, and so, so we kind of do a head count once we, we get through the, the bridge and it was a very quick, we hit it and it took a second for the whole entire top to come off. It wasn't like we got stuck there and, you know, it's got pounded. It, it right. hit and the whole thing came off. Um, so you're in a house that's up on stilts. It gets surrounded by water. It breaks off the stilts. It's floating down the river. You hit a bridge and the second floor breaks right off the house. Correct. Correct. So you're all like still in like the living room? Correct. We're all in the living room, um, except for uh, Sue, who is uh, Michelle's mother and Ralph's okay. wife. And she was over in the kitchen area doing something. I don't know what she was doing, um, but she was not with us. And uh, and so once we kind of made it through the uh, the bridge, we do a head count and we realize that uh, um, Sue is no longer with us. And so, so we hear from the back of the house debris pile, um, you know, somebody help me, somebody help me. Well, oh. it, it was Sue. And so I jumped across everything and, and, uh, and, and went back and grabbed her. And I was leaning out a window and she was in the water with a bunch of debris. And so I grabbed her. Um, and unfortunately all the debris built up in between the house and her and wet hands, wet everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost grip of her and so that was the last time anybody had ever seen or heard or touched too was right then um alive and uh so so i made it back to the the pile um the living room basically the platform of the living room and part of the kitchen and whatnot going down the river and and at times it would get bigger with debris and at times it would get smaller with stuff breaking off mm-hmm. um until you know and, until we hit a tree um a big tree and it, it split the 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 living room in half and um and so at that point um nobody saw randy or michelle or will again um that was the last time we had any contact with them so um at that point you know it's it's laura and myself and andrew and layton who are andrew's six and layton's four mm-hmm. um and ralph on this uh debris pile um that is now, you know, we were on a couch and some chairs, those are no longer there. And uh, now it's a mattress that has come around. So we're all on the single mattress um, and my dog, Maggie. And uh, so at that point I made a decision that, you know, there wasn't room for everybody. And so I, I threw Maggie off the, the our, our, our safe haven, mm-hmm. if you want to call it that, because I said, I can get another dog, you know, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it, but it is what it is. I'm not going to take up space for a of family course. member. 
Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so, and it, and going down the river, it wasn't, you know, it's not smooth. It's not right. It, it's a very rough, turbulent, up and down, eight foot waves. You know, um, roller coaster of of a river. And uh, so, so anyways, uh, we 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 hit these waves and we hit debris and we hit everything and and uh, and wind up we hit a wave that's pretty big and. We noticed that uh, we do a head count, and it's at that point it was just um, um, Laura, Andrew, and Leighton and I on the mm-hmm. on the pile, and Ralph was gone. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I hear from the very front of the pile, "You know, help me! Somebody help me!" Um, and so I, that was Ralph, and I, I jumped across everything and put both my arms underneath his shoulders and and drug him back up to where we were, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and the only time you can really see anything because it's so dark outside is whenever lightning is striking. Strike. Right. Um, and so, so uh, continue down the river and, and just to kind of give you a perspective of how fast it was moving. They said that, you know, we were moving at about 40 miles an hour, which is the speed of the water over the Niagara. And, and we did this and from where I, from where the house was until where I came out was about 11 miles down river. Um, and so, so continuing down the river, um, we hit more water, uh, rough water and, uh, um, look up and, and Ralph is not there anymore. Um, and he doesn't call back, uh, we're looking for him. So now it's just Laura, Andrew and Leighton and I, um, and Leighton, I can remember laying there, uh, in a little nightgown in her, you know, and little, little colored hearts all over it, you know, in a, in a, uh, in the fetal position, not crying, just head buried, you know, in mom's lap and, and I'm trying to be as calm as I can tell him, you know, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. We're going to ride this thing all the way to, to Mexico, all the way into the Gulf of Mexico. I don't know where it's going to go, but trying yeah. to be, um, positive. Yeah. Anyway. So, so we continue down river and, and next thing we know, it's more water, more rough water and, and do a head count, kind of wipe our eyes. And, and, um, Andrew is not there. Uh, our six-year-old son and and which was tough but it's not as tough as hearing all of a sudden from the back of the pile you know um him yelling daddy help me daddy help me you know daddy help me and so I jumped back across everything um grab a hold of him for a second um and at that point hit more waves hit more water um you don't know which way is up or down or sideways and I lose grip of him and, uh, and I never see anybody else after that. Um, Andrew, Andrew Layton or Laura. And, uh, so, so now I'm by myself in the river. Um, and, uh, um, knowing what they're going through cause I'm going through it and yeah. that, uh, it's, it, it's hard. Um, and, and I can remember, um, being in the middle of this huge body of water, um, traveling that fast and, and a tree was in the middle and I couldn't get out of the way of the tree. And I remember, uh, um, hitting it so hard and then it spins me around and I hit the side of a limb and it pushes me underwater and, uh, and I'm struggling to, you know, get above, the water, uh, get some air. Um, I think I'm above water. 
I take a big breath and it's nothing but, you know, bark and water (sighs) and underwater. And so I, I, I get above the water. I know this now. And I take this huge gasp of air and, uh, and it, it, it sucks me right back down. And, uh, and so at that point, I'm just so tired and exhausted and know that, uh, for sure, nobody else is going to survive that, um, I'm underwater at this point. And I just prayed, um, to God. And I said, you know, I, I don't want to come out of this. I don't want to live, you know, Mm -hmm. take me with them. I want to be with my family and I'll go to heaven with them right now. I'm ready to die. Mm. So I just went limp underwater and just totally gave up and, um, and didn't even struggle, didn't try until all of a sudden I can remember on the left side of my head, um, hitting it so hard that it was like getting knocked out by somebody that you just Mm -hmm. see these white flashes of white, white lights. And just, I mean, just really, I've never been hit that hard in my head. And, uh, um, anyway, I said, okay, God, if that's what you want me to do, then I need help getting out of here. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, I'll, I'll tell you your story. And, uh, so, wow. so I, I started, I, I got above water. Um, and I think at that point, um, is when all of a sudden Maggie was right next to me, my dog oh. in the river, um, just for a split second. Um, but she was there and then, uh, and I said, okay, God, you know what? let me help me get out of here. And, uh, and so I guess my survival skills kind of kicked in. Um, and I said, if I got a knowing this thing is sucking you underwater and I've, I got stuck in a debris pile, um, and you can feel all the limbs and everything piling up on top of you that i squirmed out of that. And, uh, and I said, I got to be able to stay above the water line. And mm-hmm. so I saw a big tree limb floating by me and I grabbed a hold of it and it was slick as concrete. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know why and, uh, or what kind of tree it was, but then I found another tree with a big fork in it. And mm-hmm. so I got a hold of that one and I put myself in the middle. So that anything in front of me would mm-hmm. hit that tree limb, anything coming up behind me would hit behind me. And I was yeah. kind of protected and I could rest for a little bit. And, uh, and so I did that. And that tree was just slick as concrete. Um, wow. and, and, uh, and so anyways, i I said, okay, if I'm going to get out of here, I got to be able to grab a hold of something that is, is stable. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, in the flashes of light and what little moonlight you can see, not very much at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I could see a tree limb on the water's edge coming up. And, and so, uh, I I let go of my safety net, grabbed a hold of that tree and just snapped the limb off, um, from, from the force of the water going down. Um, and so I said, okay, let me, let me try it again. And, uh, in course of this point, all I had on was one river shoe and, uh, a pair of board shorts and oh, that was it. And it's raining. And so it's, it's raining. It's not raining like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was raining. I've been in some pretty bad rainstorms down here on the coast and, mm-hmm. and, uh, or elsewhere, but it, it was just raining. It wasn't anything okay. crazy. And, yeah. um, and, and so I was able to grab a hold of that one tree and I held on for everything I had and, uh, and I was able to stop myself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, uh, start crawling through the tree thinking it's vertical, but mm-hmm. it's actually laying over. And as I'm crawling through it, I can feel the root ball fixing, you know, let loose and go down river. And, uh, so I knew I had to get through pretty quick. And, uh, so I did that and 
again, with a little bit of moonlight and lightning, I could see it looked like land on the other side of this tree. And so I just kind of got through there and jumped and landed on top of it and realized it was nothing but a very still body of water that had bark on top. Um, mm -hmm. It was water. So I make my way through that and then um, over to the, over to the side um, and kind of take, my, take a breath. And I look and I said, okay, where, I, where do I need to go? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I can't go the right and I can't go the left because it's kind of on a peninsula deal. And, uh, and there's nowhere to walk. Um, and so the only way to get out of there is to go behind me, which is straight up um, a cliff. And so, so I uh, start scaling this cliff um, again with my one shoe and, and my shorts on. And I get about 30 feet up and I fall back down to the bottom. Um, and then I said, okay, so I don't want to go that route. Let me try over here. Got up there about another 30, 35 foot, fell back down um, into the water actually. And, uh, um, and then I got out and I, I prayed. Um, I said, God, I, I said, I need your help. You know, mm -hmm. if, if we're going to tell this story, I, you got to help me get out of here. So, mm -hmm. so I tried it again and, um, and I got up there and there was a moment that there was a little bit of an outcropping and a little bit of a kind of a small cave ledge, you could say. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I said, I have to kind of jump up, um, to get myself there. And the only way there's nothing to grab onto and it's just rock. And, uh, and so when I jump or when I try to jump, I realize that my left leg, I can't move it anymore. And, um, and so I have to pick my left leg up and, uh, and I jump with my right leg and then I put my whole chest and stomach and arms and skin on the rock that has a little bit of an angle on it. Mm -hmm. And just let my skin grab that rock to hold me on there. And mm -hmm. then I just, you know, used my knees and elbows to crawl up into this little outcropping. And, uh, and there's water, you know, obviously coming off the cliff on top of me. And, um, and across the river, I can remember there was a house that still had a light on it and, mm -hmm. uh, on the garage. And so, so anyway, so I tried to yell, but, uh, I can't, I can't even hardly breathe anymore. Um, mm -hmm. it hurts to, talk to breathe to do anything you know upper respiratory and so mm -hmm. i said i'm just gonna lay here and let rescuers find me tomorrow or whenever they can and uh and you know cry because uh, i know what's happened to my family and friends and and i think the shock uh you know shaking so bad and i yeah. knew that hypothermia was going to set in because i was freezing cold um mm -hmm. and so i said I told myself, I said, I can't stay here because I'm going to die of hypothermia and I'm, mm. I'm not, I'm not going to go out like that. And so mm. I looked down the lead, down the ledge and I, um, see a little bush sticking out on the side. And so I said, I got to get to that ledge mm. to hold onto that and then go to the next piece and make my way up to the, to the ridge line, um, tree line, but didn't realize that, 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 uh, that bush when I got to it and I grabbed a hold of it, um, all the leaves are just serrated uh, blades uh. on both sides. And so that's what I have to hold on to. Um, but it was a good, solid, strong root system and uh, <sighs> grabbed a hold of some the next bushes and the next bushes and the next bushes and, and make my way up um, to where I can finally stand. And it's, it's not the top of the cliff, but it's an edge. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I can remember looking to the right, my right side. And I said, you know, why is there a, 
like, you know, those beach bag chairs, you know, bags, bag chairs. And, um, mm-hmm. and I see one set up and I said, you know, I said, I wonder why that chair is here. You know, it didn't, it didn't happen in the flood. You know, somebody brought that chair and put it there. So there's gotta be a trail. And, mm-hmm. um, and so I start looking for this trail and I go down one path and it doesn't work. I come back, try another one. And I finally think I see a path. And so I take it. And, uh, and I can remember it was just, you know, slick as snot because it was, didn't know this, but it was a tiled um, rock path they had built uh-huh. and it was covered in mud and dirt and leaves yeah. and super overgrown. And so when my, when I hit it, with my feet, I just slip, bust my face and start sliding back down to the edge uh-huh. and, uh, and grab a hold of a tree. And, uh, and I don't let go of that tree until I have another one the entire rest of the way. And it's a big switchback all the way, probably a hundred yards to the house. And, um, and I can remember getting to that house and all the lights are off. It's pitch black dark. And, um, and there was a bunch of trucks in the driveway. And I, I had the thought of, I hope they don't think I'm coming to rob them or do anything. And they shoot me. Mm. And, uh, and so i knock on the door, which I think is the front door, but it's actually a door to the garage. Okay. And, uh, which was good because the family that owns the house, they were in town. They don't live there all the time. It's a vacation home, mm-hmm. but they had a bunch of friends with them and they go to these, uh, uh, dog training competitions. And so in that garage, there was about 12 dogs and kennels. And, oh, wow. uh, so those, those dogs start barking, wake everybody up. They come outside and, um, and they see me, you know, beat up and cut up and oh. busted and, and, uh, Anyway, so they said, you know, where did you come from? I said, I came from the river. And they said, there's absolutely no way that you came up that path from that river. And I said, I, I can promise you I did. And, uh, and they sat me down and Allison was her name, mm-hmm. um, had some medical training. So she ran in and got me some sweatpants, sweatpants, mm-hmm. sweatpants, and made me actually drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. And knowing that my adrenaline had kicked in and I was just dehydrated. And so yeah. she asked me a bunch of questions that she knew I would know um, that she knew the answers to like politics or who's oh, the president, okay. who's yeah, just yeah. general random, you know, questions like that. And I right. answered them all. Correct. I told every, I mentioned everybody first and last name that was with me in the house, uh, mm-hmm. how many people there were, the ages, everything. And um, wow. so it took about an hour and a half um, for the ambulance to get there because of all the flooding and uh, oh, road yeah. closures. And so um they get there, uh, load me up and, and I can remember calling my brother from the paramedics phone. And, um, and, uh, he, he said, you know, who is this to the paramedic? And they said, you you know, we have your brother here, Jonathan. And he's like, what? This is, I don't know exactly what time it was. That's one thing that I'm fuzzy on is the time frame of everything. Um, and, uh, but, but in that 11 miles, they tell me later on that that took about 40 minutes, um, or less. And so, so we were moving. (sighs) pretty fast. And, uh, so I got on the phone with him and, and I just can remember saying, you know, they're all gone, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's gone. And, uh, and he goes, you know, what are you talking about? They're gone. I said, they're gone. And, uh, paramedic took the phone away and he said, you know, or or she said, we're on the way to, uh, San Marcos ER. Mm -hmm. And so we, we went there and, um, and I can remember them, you know, we go in there and they put me on the, uh, the table um, uh, to give me a CAT scan. And they said, uh, you know, they cut my shorts off. And so laying there naked and, and, uh, they go to take my wedding ring off. Mm-hmm. And I said, you're not taking my wedding ring off. And they said, well, we have to, to get in here. I said, well, 
I said, you can take it off, but I can promise you. I said, if I can't see you from inside this tube, I'm going to crawl out and find out where you are and get it back. Mm-hmm. And so, so the guy stood there and, and held it the entire time oh. and uh, got back out, put my ring back on. At that point, they, after the CAT scan, knew that I had uh, a punctured lung, uh, broken ribs, and a broken sternum. And, uh, and so it was uh, to the trauma unit now. And after they put in this lung tube, uh, very quickly and, um, and, and a catheter. And so, um, I get in another ambulance and I, I would have gone to Austin, mm-hmm. but at this point now the river was so high that it was actually across highway 35 and it oh, shut down wow. all traffic. Um, so we went to San Antonio Bamsey, which is a uh, teaching hospital, an army uh, teaching hospital. Fantastic. And so I get there and, and my brother was already from Corpus, you know, it's three and a half hour drive already there. And, uh, um, and his wife who was pregnant at the time. And so anyway, they, they do that. And, uh, um, he's there with me and she goes to the the high school in Wimberley to see if there's any people that are missing that they show up there. And, yeah. and that's kind of when the search begins, um, the next morning. And so, um, but it was tough. I mean, laying there in the hospital, um, you know, staring at ceiling tiles for days. And, uh, you know, I cried for two different reasons in the hospital when I was there. Um, mm-hmm. One, obviously, of the loss um, mm-hmm. that uh, I knew was going to happen. And um, yeah. the other one was the uh, sheer humanity of everybody that showed up to search. There was mm-hmm. thousands of people that showed up out of everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I know guys that drove from Oklahoma, guys that came in from um, uh, all over. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in a little rodeo world and they were ready to come down from Wyoming, Montana, you name it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, uh, and I can remember looking at a friend of mine who has a helicopter and I said, you know, go find them. And he said, we are. And I, I think within the first 24 hours, there was 13 helicopters in the air, mm-hmm. um, searching this river. And, uh, and which was amazing. And, uh, and so I cried because there was so much generosity that showed up in an instant, um, Mm -hmm. for, for how big it was. And I, I didn't know how big of an impact it made, um, to not only our city, um, but to our state and to the, to the world. Um, my, my sister actually told me, I don't know how she got this information that I was the number two most Googled person in the world um, behind NASA at that time. And, uh, and so I, I got letters from around the world of people that were praying for me and Mm. for everybody. And it was just truly amazing of seeing hundreds of people come through the door at the hospital to, to pray with me and, you know, say, we got this, we're looking, you don't need to, you stay here and recover. And, Mm. um, and so it was, um, it was tough, very tough. Um, so you, from the minute that you went into the water alone, you sound like you were really convinced that like you knew nobody else would make it. Was there ever a time like when you were laying in the hospital that you felt like, well, like maybe, like maybe someone's going to come in here and say they found someone or did you feel pretty convinced that no one was going to make it? I was pretty convinced nobody's going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only th- person I thought that, you know, if, if things would have stayed together, maybe somebody would have made it. Um, but, uh, Randy who, 
you know, as both of us are avid outdoorsmen mm -hmm. in the water, fishing, um, hunting all the time, you know, knows that sort of deal. I, I thought maybe Randy might make it, but uh, I knew that, you know, the girls and, and uh, the kids, there's, it, it was just too rough. It was, mm -hmm. uh, and they were both good swimmers. We were all good swimmers, mm -hmm. um, you know, but it was just, there's. It's impossible. There's no way. Yeah. Um, do you, you know. remember when you, like, were you told at some point, like it's confirmed, like everyone died or like, do you remember any of that in the days after? You know, um, it's crazy, but I'm, I'm very thankful and, and I'm glad that I remember everything. Um, um, because if I didn't remember it, I, I would feel like I'd let myself down as well as everybody else, mm -hmm. but I didn't do everything I could. Um, and so, and to tell the story. Um, and so, you know, I told them, I said, if they find anybody, um, while I'm in this hospital, I'm going to take the, the IVs out and I'm walking out, you know, um, and I can barely walk mm -hmm. and, uh, and breathe. And so, um, they did not find anybody while I was in the hospital, which was four days. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so on the fifth day, I can remember, um, you know, walking out of the hospital and, and ironically, you know, we told everybody cause there's lots of media there, um, mm. trying to cover it that, you know, Hey, he's coming out, he's coming out. Everybody's waiting at the front door. And, and I went out the back and oh. got in my brother's car and left. And, yeah. uh, and so the next morning I, you know, we were there and, uh, at, and first August church Wimberley is where we kind of staged, um, the entire search party search okay. crew. And they were very generous to let us come in and open their doors because mm -hmm. it was again, thousands of people showing up. And, um, mm. and, uh, so I got in a helicopter and, uh, we flew and, and, uh, in the helicopter to the ground crew, the ground crew, if there's, you know, a pile of debris that needs to be looked at again, they'll, they'll flag it with uh, uh pink. I believe if they've seen a debris pile that doesn't need to be looked at again, they'll put yellow on it. Um, okay. and if you have a confirmed sighting, then they would put green, uh, flying tape out. And so we're flying over. I can remember. And, uh, and all of a sudden I recognized the guys on the ground from Corpus, some friends of mine, and, uh, they pull out this big, huge, long green, um, uh, flagging tape. And so I told my friend, I said, Hey, they, they have somebody down there, go land. And so we landed and they looked and they said, why is he here? What is he doing here? He doesn't need to be here, you know? And, and, uh, and so I asked him, I said, is it, is it, uh, I said, is it, is it, is it a female? Is it a male? Is it a child? I said, just tell me that. And they were like, dude, just, you need to go. And, um, and so it, they said, it's a female and, but you're not getting any closer. So I said, okay. And, um, we got back in the helicopter and left and, and, uh, I got to the hotel I was staying at and my preacher showed up, uh, my aunt and uncle, my parents were there, obviously. Um, and they go up and each family had their own detective assigned to them. Okay. Um, and so my detective, Angelo Florian, who's actually from New York, um, oh, wow. you know, uh, was a sheriff down there and, and or constable down there in, uh, mm -hmm. uh, uh, San Marcos, uh, was assigned to my family. Mm -hmm. So he calls and he says, uh, you know, where are you? And, uh, and I said, well, I'm, I'm here at the hotel. And he said, we'll stay there. And at that point, um, my preacher, Brian Hill said, uh, he said, well, I heard they found Laura. And I said, no, I said, it was Sue. 
um, Michelle's mother. Mm-hmm. And he said, what's, well, you know, I'm not a Facebook guy, but uh, he said, well, I heard on Facebook that they had found Laura. I said, well, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. But anytime, you know, they, the detectives call you, you know, it's not good. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, I'll be right there. It was at night. And he comes in and he's soaking wet. And he goes, I need you to, need you to look at something. And, uh, and he said, I think we found, we, we got Laura. And, uh, and I said, I said, okay. Um, he said, but what kind of ring did she have? A wedding ring. And I said, well, I don't, I don't know the cut, you know? Um, but, uh, he said, well, could you recognize it? And so I said, yeah. So I, in my hotel room, I identified my wife, uh, you know, from her wedding ring. Um, that's all they showed me. But, um, um, and I said, that's for sure. And, um, anyway, that was pretty tough. Um, yeah. and, and so knowing that it has now been there on Facebook, um, yeah. Laura's parents live, uh, in New Braunfels, which is just down the highway, mm-hmm. uh, 40 miles. And, uh, so I had my dad, I, I called them and I said, I, I have to go tell them because I don't want them finding out on yeah. Facebook at all. Yeah. And so, you know, I've told people, I said, it's, it's tough to go ask a, uh, a parent's hand in marriage, you know, for their daughter, but it's yeah. uh, a lot tougher to go tell them that, uh, you know, um, that we recovered their daughter. Um, so yeah. that was a tough couple of days. Um, at that point for sure. I mean, since it happened, um, yeah, not yeah. trying to downplay any of it. It's, it was all, it still feels, you know, like numb. Yeah, um, absolutely. and, uh, and then I know that they found, uh, uh Andrew, um, mm-hmm. at a park uh, across the river, mm-hmm. um, and from me and, uh, and to this day, unfortunately, you know, Leighton has still not been recovered. Um, and so that's, always haunted me a little bit but we've we've searched and searched and i've uh, i even had two big excavators delivered up there to the river um a year after maybe wow. those two years and uh and we kept searching as i you know had joined the search and rescue team after that um uh-huh. and and i actually found Leighton's blanket two years later <sighs> and and so that was that was pretty amazing um yeah. to do that and so so it's uh you know and and you know, you having kids, you know, you, mm-hmm. you always look for silence somewhere in a corner, you know, yeah. just to like yeah. leave me alone for a little bit. Well, yeah. you know, after that, it was, you know, you're afraid of the silence and you yeah. don't want to, you know, be here. You don't want to be, um, left alone, but you know, it's, it's part of it and yeah. part of growing and, and, uh, uh, coping, um, yeah. healing. And so one of the, one of the biggest things that helped me was, um, one, I mean, I, I grew up in a Christian church, Christian home, yeah. uh, you know, got, got that beat into me and <laughs> at a young age and, mm-hmm. uh, continued that. And so I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of Christian music, you know, I listened to, mm-hmm. I would just listen to it over and over and over and just, you know, you don't realize how many songs are about water <laughs> for one. Um, yeah. and, and so every time you hear one, you're like, okay, that's about water. This is about water. This is about water. And, uh, but, uh, the biggest moment for me and a, a very helpful part of it beyond, you know, reading the Bible, listening to scripture, listening to preachers, listening 
to my music was a, a dream that I had had. Um, and it was a very vivid dream where it was, it was myself and Leighton uh, talking. And in the background, it was Laura and Andrew playing. And like you see in, you know, movies, I mean, something picture perfect with, you know, grass three foot tall, just waving in the wind, blue skies and clouds. And, and I asked her, I said, you know, I said, uh, Leighton, where are you? You know, where are you? And, uh, and she said, I'm okay. You know, we're all okay. And I said, well, you know, but where are you? We need to find you. And she said, you know, we were, we've been picked up, you know, by a man in the river and that man was Jesus. And, uh, and so I immediately wake up, um, from that dream and, uh, um, look down the hallway, hoping that, that it was just a dream mm. and uh, not reality, but, uh, but it was, and mm. I prayed every night to, to have that dream again or finish mm. it. But, uh, you know, being a Christian and, and knowing, you know, my faith and accepting the Lord and savior is my Lord and savior. Uh, that, yeah. uh, that's where they are. They're in heaven together and yeah. they're all together. Um, which is a big blessing to me knowing that I will see them again. Um, and, and so it's, it's good. How did you, cause I know that there, I know there are people listening to this that are thinking, how did this man not turn his back on God, on his faith? Like, how did you, how were you able to pick yourself up? And say, God, I don't understand this, you know, but I still believe in you and continue walking that path. How did you do that? Well, I mean, it wasn't just a, you know, out of the get go, you know, yeah. okay, a hundred percent faith in you. And, you know, for sure, I question everything. Mm -hmm. And when I get to heaven, there's a whole lot of questions I'm going to ask. And, yeah. uh, you know, but, uh, and I was mad. I was mad at God. I went back to the river. I, threw rocks in the river. I cussed in the river. I, mm -hmm. you know, did everything. And, and, uh, and, you know, it's okay to be mad at God. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not okay to stay mad at God, mm. you know? Um, and so I was, I was definitely mad. And why did, why did this happen to me? Why did it not happen to, you know, the guy who beats kids up or, or, yeah. or the guy, the junkie on the side of the street. And I, I, Maybe it's just me, but I think, you know, if it were to happen to them, that that story would never be told. This story yeah. would never be told. Um, and so, um, unfortunately, you know, um, I'm, I'm the guy telling it. And, uh, you know, and I, I said this in the, in the memorial that I spoke at, um, for, for the funeral that, uh, you know, Leighton or Laura was found in the most beautiful place, um, in Wimberley. I mean, the, the manicured yard of, I don't know, it was a hundred acres or something like that. Just gorgeous. Um, like she was. And then Andrew was found in a park where families would meet and play and sing and have a good time. And, and, uh, you know, Leighton's favorite game was hide and go seek. And, uh, that, uh, you know, the thing about hide and go seek is you find the other person. Mm -hmm. Well, we haven't found her, but we know where she is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, so I said, I'm just the, I'm just the mailman delivering the message, you know, mm. and, and God will take it from there. And so, um, it, it, it's been a tough road. Um, yeah. but, but even at home by myself, I mean, there was lots of peaks and valleys and ups and downs and 
bad, bad thoughts in my head and, yeah. uh, you know, great thoughts. And I mean, one of the bad thoughts obviously is suicide and, yeah. uh, the thought that thought about it. And, but I knew that, uh, God didn't save me to be a quitter. Mm. And, uh, and that if I did that, that means I'm giving up on my family here that mm. loves me, giving mm. up on my family that has passed away and loved me and mm. giving up on God. And, uh, that's, that's not what this is about. That's not what I'm about. And, mm. uh, so, you know, you just, it doesn't get any easier being a Christian. Um, yeah. um, but the further I would get away from God, mm-hmm. the harder things would be um, emotionally. And uh, the closer I would get, um, not that things aren't hard or completely easy, but there's a different coping mechanism yeah. uh, that, that you can feel. And and knowing that that hope and faith is there with you the entire time to help get you through things and, mm-hmm. and kind of not, not sweat the small stuff. Um, yeah. And so... It's, but it's, it's a lot of praying, a lot of Kleenex and uh, a yeah. lot of tears. And I said, you know, if I could have every bone broken in my body, you know, to bring them back, I would, but uh, that's, that's not his plan. And yeah. so we have to trust his plan. Did you, or do you uh, to this day suffer from like anxiety or PTSD or something like, cause obviously you went through a trauma that, basically no one else on this earth has gone through, you know, like, do you have like effects from that that you still suffer with today? Um, you know, I don't, uh, vacation on rivers every weekend anymore. Um, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I will say the first time as a healing, the one year anniversary Mm -hmm. of Wimberley, uh, myself and some close friends of mine, we actually kayaked from where the house was. Mm-hmm. and uh to where i came out and mm-hmm. and like i said that night it took like 40 minutes maybe and uh that day we kayaked it took eight and a half hours and, oh. uh, and so that's what we did and you can still see i mean tires under the water you can still see car hoods or debris from the year prior but it was crystal clear and you know um, i'd paddle up next to these big huge root balls um and I did find out that those those uh, logs that I was holding onto that was so slick, those were the big cypress trees that had been there for a thousand years. Um, wow. That all the bark had been ripped off of them, oh. and so that's why they were so smooth. Um, the water ripped all the bark off and smoothed them out. So, wow. but I would say back to your question on the PTSD. I mean, there's you know every now and then you have a dream um, mm-hmm. that you know you kind of wake up from or you know, um, you know, just, I I can remember that night, uh, when we went down there the year prior that, you know, the air conditioner, and we were staying on a house way up on a cliff by the river. Um, um, I can remember the air conditioning kicking on and it, and I thought that was, um, river water, like flood. And, uh, and so I didn't sleep hardly you know, and, and always looking out the window, like, you know, is it raining is, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I I don't really have PTSD on that. I mean, um, um, uh, uh, other than, you know, some, some 
and I wouldn't say they're just nightmare dreams, but you have different dreams of rivers or, you know, you're maybe somewhere and there's water, but I mean, I still, you know, it took me a while to, you know, I I fish a lot. And so Mm -hmm. we go offshore and, Mm -hmm. and, um, and so it, it took a little while to do that. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was invited on trips and done this and I said, no, I'm not, I'm not quite ready to do that. You know, I'd go offshore, but I'd come back that day. And Mm -hmm. it took me a while to stay overnight on a boat offshore. Yeah. And, uh, but, but I'll come around and I do that now. And, and, uh, but, but nothing like, um, you know, I, a lot of people asked, you know, how long were you in counseling? And, mm-hmm. uh, and I said, I'm, I never went to counseling mm-hmm. and, um, I just read the Bible and prayed and mm-hmm. he was, he was my counselor. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I can remember that, you know, I walked out of Bamsey, that hospital, um, with a bag full of pain pills and all kinds of stuff. And, yeah. uh, and, and I didn't take any pills. I didn't take one pain med or, or anything because I knew that one, I'd be up there searching Two, I had a memorial to plan and a whole lot of decisions that I didn't want to have any cloudiness at all, um, in my mind. And so I wanted to be at peace with everything. And so, um, I let, uh, I let God be my, my pain maker, pain keeper. Yeah. Uh, I mean, your faith is inspiring. Um, your strength. I, I think it's really interesting that, you know, you're sharing your story with us right now. And you were talking about when you were in the river at one point, you know, you gave up and then you got bashed in the head and felt like it was God, like waking you up and being like, no, like you got to fight. And you said at one point while you were telling your story, like, all right, God, like you're going to have to get me through this or else, you know, we're not going to be able to tell this story. And I think that it's incredible and beautiful that you do share your story. Now, before we started recording tonight, you told me just, you know, two other times this week, you've already been at different uh, gatherings where you've shared your story. Why, why do you think it's important for you to share it? Well, because I think there's a whole lot of pain in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a whole lot of tragedy in the world. I think there's a whole lot of people that are lost and looking for something that, you know, isn't somebody at church beating them in the head with a Bible, um, yeah. that, that I'm a real person and a real tragedy, but you know, God is also a real person and, uh, and, and spirit. And, and that's why he walked on the earth like we did and, and died for our sins. Um, and so, you know, just because you've been through something so horrific and tragic, you know, there's two things you can do, uh, run to God or run away from him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I've chose to run towards him, mm-hmm. um, and to share that story that, you know, just cause you've gone through something doesn't mean your life is over. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be the day that it begins and mm-hmm. you have to make that decision to, to either continue to living or mm-hmm. die again. And, uh, and like I said, I, I tried to die and it didn't work. So I'm not going to try again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. Can you tell us about your life now? What's your life like now? Uh, life now is, is, you know, different. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, just this past Monday was, was, uh, Laura's 40, 42nd birthday, mm-hmm. November 8th. And so, uh, you know, you have that in the back of your mind and, and then, uh, but, but life is good. I was introduced, uh, 
by a girlfriend of mine who was actually Laura's roommate mm-hmm. um, in college at uh, the University of Texas. She texted me and she said, hey, are you dating anybody? And I said, no, I'm not really dating anybody. And she goes, so well, I, I have somebody for you. And I said, well, I need to I need to see a picture and some and some credentials, you know, yeah. and uh, and so anyways, uh, so she sent me over this picture and and uh, a little background history. And and I said, OK, I'll call her. And uh, I've never cold called a girl that I've never met before. And so that was a little odd to me. Um, and so I can remember calling her and uh, and didn't know what to say on the answer machine. So I hung up and uh, <laughs> and and then she got, and I go, well, how is she going to know it was me if I didn't say anything? So I, mm-hmm. I called back and and uh, I, I left a message mm-hmm. and, and then I was like, well, that was kind of weird. So. And then I sent a text, you know, and, and, uh, like <laughs> so out of my element, you know, yeah, and, yeah. uh, and anyways, um, Hey, uh, this is Jonathan. I was set up, you know, I was told to call you by this girlfriend and, and, uh, anyway, if you want to call me back, well, she called me back the next day. And, uh, and so then we started this relationship i guess uh she was in austin i'm in corpus you know four hour difference and mm-hmm. so she was a big a big facetimer and mm-hmm. i wasn't i'd never done that a whole lot and yeah. so uh we we would you know sit down each night and we'd have a, a cocktail and we dated over the phone kind of how we're it. talking right now yeah and uh, that that lasted several weeks and um and I do a big quail hunt every year with a bunch of guys out in West Texas where mm-hmm. we camp out for a week and, and, and hunt. And mm-hmm. so it was around new year's and I said, well, I'll swing back through Austin and we can go to dinner for new year's and, you know, we, I'll see you face to face for the first time. Yeah. And, uh, so anyways, you know, we're out in West Texas and I said, well, if you want to get a, if you got a wild hair and you just drive out here, you know, and come with us. And so, so for me to drive, it's it's about an eight and a half hour drive, eight and a oh, half hour wow. drive to to go hunting, and for her it's about six and a half hours from Austin. So, so she said, "Okay, I'll come meet you." And oh I was like, man, well, this girl's about as crazy as I am. Yeah, and, uh, and so we we met in front of the historic Gage Hotel in Marathon, mm-hmm. Texas, on on Highway ninety um, for oh. the first time ever. Uh, had dinner and um, stayed there, and then we met up with all my buddies and hung out and had a, uh, um, a pretty good time. And then we just kind of ranch hopped, uh, wow. around she's for about brave. a week. She's very brave. And, uh, yeah. And so she was talking to her girlfriend on the way out and I can remember her telling me that, uh, they were like, you know, what happens if you don't like this guy? And she yeah. goes, well, I, I talked to him for you know a month on the phone now. I mean, yeah. or however long it was, I, I think I'm going to like him, you know? And, and, uh, she said, if not, I have my car, I can leave. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, get out of there. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, we had a great time and, uh, and, you know, very, very blessed. God blessed us. And we ended up getting married and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, March 2nd, uh, which is Texas independence day, which was awesome. Yeah. At a, at a cool historic hotel in Austin, the Driscoll. And then, um, and, and I'll tell you, it was, uh, a, a year later that we had Scarlett Grace, mm-hmm. a little girl mm-hmm. who's 19 months old now. And, um, and so I was with her sister-in-law and I was reading my Bible one morning and, and noticed in the Bible that our preacher used in the service, um, the date of when we got married. And then I noticed I could think of the date that Scarlett was born mm-hmm. and, uh, and it was one year, one month, one day after we were married. Wow. And so I, 
I told that to her sister-in-law, I guess my sister-in-law. And, uh, and she said, that's so significant because one is a huge number of somebody who's, who's watching over you. Mm. And, uh, and I, whether that's true or not, I don't know, but mm-hmm. I thought it was very cool. Yeah. Um, so, so life is, uh, you know, I, I, when I spoke, um, Tuesday night mm-hmm. to a bunch of guys, um, I told them, I said, you know, I don't know how many of y'all have done this, but I think a lot, mm-hmm. I said, but, uh, you know, to put on those little, the most annoying, um, clips on all your cabinets in the kitchen and everywhere else. Oh my gosh. Stuff out. And so, Ugh. and so everybody hates doing that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the biggest pain in the world, but when yep. I got done with it and during, uh, while I was doing that, I was like, you know, I got another chance to do this. How cool yeah. is that? What a blessing this is. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I can remember, you know, that night I told Monica and I said, you know, I said, I just want to thank you. I said, mm-hmm. I want to thank you for loving me, um, mm-hmm. for, for giving me a chance for, you know, trusting me and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and believing in me. And, and I said, I thank God for you every day. And mm-hmm. so it was a good, it was a good day to put on those annoying, uh, cabinet, cabinet yeah. clips. <laughs> Child proofing everything. That's beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. Can you tell me a little bit about, uh, Texar? I know it's like a organization that you're involved with, right? Correct. So, uh, Texar, is a Texas search and rescue. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I learned of them obviously through Wimberley after yeah. what I'd gone through and knew that those guys had, uh, stuck around and they kept going day in and day out, mm-hmm. uh, searching and searching and searching and searching until finally it was, you know, months into it. And they said, we just can't exhaust our volunteers anymore. We have to stop. And there were still a few, there were still, I mean, mm-hmm. and there was lots of research with search dogs and, canines and, and, uh, um, um, water movements and everything that we, we would look at mm-hmm. for another year, two years. And that's, mm-hmm. that's how we came up with that area to look for, uh, um, where we dug the river out with excavators. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so anyway, I, I just saw the way they worked after Wimberley. And I said, I gotta, I, I'm going to join these guys and give back. And mm-hmm. so I, I joined them. Um, I've now, been a board member for the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, some of the certifications I've had to go through to go get, and it's all a hundred percent volunteer and, mm-hmm. uh, pay, pay your own way, pay your own equipment, pay everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, I've gone back to get my ground search and rescue certification. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've gone back to get my, uh, swift water training certification to where I'm wow. jump back in that river and, uh, go get wow. somebody, um, wilderness survival. Uh, so it's, it's a real deal. And, yeah. uh, it's, it, it's not just, you know, search and rescue in water. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, there's fireland fire wildfire division. There's, um, yeah. lost person behavior. There's, uh, recoveries. Uh, we get called in by Texas Rangers to do, um, searches for, for, um, um, items that are in a crime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, you know, I've, I've gotten to go on multiple searches, mm-hmm. um, one of them being a, a flood, um, and junction, um, wow. that, that I was able to speak to a couple of survivors and, mm-hmm. uh, kind of just hug on them. I can remember there was a big guy on the side of the river and I was by myself. He was by himself. And I, and I said, Hey man, you okay? And he's just crying. He said, that's my buddy's trailer over there. We can't find them. And I, I looked at him and I said, dude, I said, I can tell you right now, with hundred percent, I know how, what you're going through, what you're yeah. feeling. And I said, I'm standing right here just to give you a hug and tell you, I love you. 
And uh, so at that moment, we both cried on the river and, and he hugged me and hugged me and hugged me. And, and, uh, mm. and I said, you know, it's going to be tough, but you're going to get through it. And, and uh, so it's, it's a way for me to give back and, and yeah. give, people, give people that hope um, of wow. when, when they're, when, when they're lost. I mean, I'm speechless. Let me just say like on behalf of everybody listening to this, like truly, I am so deeply sorry for your loss, for what you went through. Um, but I'm so thankful for you sharing your story with us. Uh, like I said before, your faith is inspiring, um, your strength and, you know, just so happy for you, your beautiful wife, Monica, and your beautiful baby, Scarlett. Um, but truly you, your faith is an inspiration. And I know that you have helped so many people and your story will continue to help so many people and impact them. Well, that was kind of the, kind of the deal I made with God, you know, you get me yeah. out of here and, you know, I'll tell your story wherever you want me to tell it. So yeah. I've, I've been doing that so far and, and, uh, you know, I want to thank you for asking me and inviting me, you know, to, to do this because I think what you do helps, you know, just as much to spread mm -hmm. the word. And, um, and I, I want to, you know, just pray that, you know, you continue to, to thrive and, and, more people follow you, more people come to know Jesus and and uh, get through this crazy world. Yeah, that means a lot. Thank you so much. Truly, Jonathan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your story. We appreciate it so much. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CaitlinElliott.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And hey, if you want to toss us a five-star rating, I would love you forever. Check us out next week for another new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at so.what.else. Editing and all that stuff by Matt Carpenter with Parable Productions.